0: all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the god of your understanding i am your host midge noble and i am very honored that you are here Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm so glad you're here, and I appreciate all of your comments throughout the week, and I appreciate you listening, sharing, subscribing. I just appreciate you guys so much. Today, we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Jessie Bouglier, and she is here. I just can't wait to have this conversation with her. Jessie resides in Connecticut with her husband and two human children, five fur babies, and various foster fur babies at different times. She is a self-professed dork and Easy cat lady. She prefers to have in-depth conversations, sometimes of the philosophical and political religious directions, others about one of her other loves, food. We can relate. Jesse worked at a chamber of commerce for the last five years and currently in partnerships for a global software company. Jesse is a member of the Riverfront Family Church in Hartford, Connecticut, and co-hosts a new podcast called Changing the Sheets. Jesse, welcome to the Gay with God Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Mitch. I appreciate it. Oh, I am so glad. And and the reason that I connected with you, Jesse, as you know, is because a friend of ours, um I know her because I'm I'm involved with the Polish Your Purpose company and so her name is Jen Grace and she's a a force of nature and an absolute wonderful person
1: to have in your corner. And hilariously, you know I was actually just going to use that that terminology. <laughs> I was just going to say she's a damn force of nature. <laughs> she is. She yeah. is. And
0: we connected um, really well with a uh, author lab that she did. And I joined that for a while. And, and I'm actually writing my memoir. And you know, from my lips to God's ears or whoever wants to be listening, I want to publish it with uh, Jen and her company. And so I'm really excited to then be able to meet you because she said, hey. You need to talk to my friend Jesse, and if Jen tells me I need to do something, I'm on it. (laughs) On it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah. It's funny. I actually just spent like uh, Sunday afternoon and late into the evening with her, and then also uh, Wednesday this past Wednesday with her as well. So how awesome! Yeah, I've known her for probably close to twelve years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We've we've been kind of through it all. Um, kind of gotten to know each other really well. Um, great human. I'm yeah. glad that she introduced us. Me
0: too. Me too. Because I'm also enjoying in your podcast and I just wanted to be able to connect with you, not only through that, but also just to hear your story and how you fit into Jen's life, how you fit into, um, you know, just a very diverse group of people and the church that you go to that you highlighted in your bio, I've actually tuned in and I listened, you know, to one of your services and I'm like, now these people, you know, this is really cool. This is very cool because I would not normally ever... in my life as a gay person have gone to a different church that I didn't know anything about, but I was able to go online.
1: And so I felt safe, but um, it was really, really super,
0: super cool. So tell us your
1: story. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so my story. So it's interesting because when, uh, when we started talking about doing this, I kind of was trying to like, I'm listening to some of your podcasts and I'm, I'm like, Oh, where do I, you know, how do I, how do I really tell my story? And then I was like, I'm never short on words. That's never a problem (laughs) for me. So, so I'm always happy to kind of, you know, get into it. Mm-hmm. And I think I might, I might work sort of backwards here. Okay. So um, I'll talk about changing the sheets first. Okay. um, So Ben Dubow and I um, are the co-hosts of this new podcast called Changing the Sheets. And the concept is of embedded theology, right? Is this concept of how, where is the theology what is going on in your head where did it come from right we all have these kind of pre-existing notions from families of origin from a uh, society from church maybe you grew up in mm-hmm. from you know your parents your grandparents uh, a host of different sources right that are feeding information into your brain mm-hmm. and you're taking it in and then absorbing it and kind of forming letting it allowing it to form your belief system right um, a certain age that you kind of look at this, like, wait a minute, why do I believe this? And do I believe it? And should I believe it? Mm-hmm. And do I actually believe something entirely different? And am I just hearing messages that don't actually mix with what makes sense to me? Right. Um, and so our podcast is sort of a lot about, um, changing the sheets in the bed of your theology. <laughs> in <bed> of theology, <laughs> I love that. Right. Yeah. That's all Ben's idea. I give Ben all the credit on that one. Um, <laughs> so um, so, yeah, and he and I have been uh, friends and and um, co-church members and huddle members for probably seven, eight years now. Mm-hmm. So probably maybe even more than that. Um, and we've been talking for at least the last five years about doing a podcast um, because we always have such really interesting conversations. They're really in-depth uh, politics and religion. And he's a chef as well. So um, I, and I'm a foodie.
0: So we get along,
1: we get along really great. Perfect, Matt. Exactly. In fact, our last uh, podcast that we recorded, the last episode was about eggs. So, (laughs) So, Yeah. Because we, we try to mix it up, you know, we have like our first one, which was like our intro, and it's kind of mm-hmm. goofy. And I realized how vain I am, because I started listening to it. and I was like, gosh, who's that witty woman? She's so <laughs> funny." <laughs> so, like, I, was, I was like, uh, apparently, I'm ragingly narcissistic. So that's cool. <laughs> um, but you know, there's that. So anyway, so our, yeah, so we kind of try to do a little bit of like kind of heavy in depth, like deep stuff. Our mm-hmm. first two episodes beside the intro was on abortion. Mm. Um, our our third one was on praying in schools and the praying at the 50 yard line um, and that kind of thing, religion, politics kind of mixed in there. Um, and then. Uh, Yeah. And then we just had an episode on eggs. I don't know. So, you know, it's kind of, it's all over the place and it kind of showcases both mine and Ben's sort of personalities and how we kind of approach stuff, which is, it's really fun. And he's got a great story. You should definitely get him on the podcast. Well, I'm trying to get him on.
0: He plans to come on, but he hasn't done it yet. So you needle him. He's so
1: busy. I will. I definitely will. We have a standing (laughs) Tuesday night recording date. So I will definitely mention it next week. But, uh, But yeah, so it's a really cool um, opportunity. And it's very interesting from my perspective. So kind of, again, we'll kind of work our way backwards, right? Okay. So I, um, when I was young, I sort of grew up in a, they say non-denominational evangelical church, right? Which sort of gives you the impression of those, not quite mega churches, but very similar from the perspective of, you know, hands up, speaking in tongues, um, the whole shebang, so super intense level, um, you know, God connection and slain with the spirit and the whole shebang, right? So when I used to tell have people over Saturday nights and they were going to come with us to church, I'd have to like give them a warning, I'd have to be like, just, uh, just roll with it. Uh, no one is going to bother you. You just stay in the pew. You don't have to sing. You don't have to play along. Just stand. That's all I ask just stand. And then when we get to the service, we can just pass notes the whole time. It's fine. Don't even worry about it.
0: So <laughs> Just don't so, go in the aisles.
1: Stay in the yeah. pew. Don't go in the aisles. Stay in the <laughs> pew. Dear God. And yeah, we're usually like somewhere in the middle to the back, but I'm like, do we, do not sit in the front. Do not make eye contact with any of the people coming towards you. Just like, just stay in the pew. Do not engage oh my gosh that is too funny yeah yeah so so it's very interesting because as I kind of got a little bit older like you know you sort of have those dichotomies of your your secular life right Mm -hmm. and then your your religious life and when I was probably a teenager uh, like early teens we started doing like retreats and stuff like that or sleepovers and I always loved Jesus rock right like Mm -hmm. music that as far as I'm concerned Jesus loves drums so um, I, I always really felt more of something, right? We can call mm-hmm. it divinity. We can call it spirituality. We can call it the spirit. We can call it God, whatever you want to call it, right? right? But in the moment, I always felt like God was more present in those music moments where everyone is really in tune and everyone mm-hmm. is really focused on that and everyone mm-hmm. is really just in that moment mm-hmm. in the zone and then you know you kind of the retreat ends and you go back to your life and where does everything that you saw and you felt and you were like oh my god go is like gone right because then you right. still have to figure out how to live in the rest of the world uh-huh. so yeah so when I was a teenager I um my I grew up With a mom who was really religious, a grandmother who was very religious, um, and my dad was not. And the reason he was not is because he was actually in a religious cult when my parents met. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he has all sorts of trauma associated with like, like intense, like religious Uh sort of culty sort of situations. Uh So he always like he always encouraged me because it was like the family situation. He was like, listen. Go to church. Go with your mom because that is the you know that is what we do. And I want you to have a belief system and I want you to be a part of it, but always question. Question everything. Uh I want you to never just just blindly believe in something. Always question, always ask, you know, who who's running this? What is the context? What's going on? What's behind Mm -hmm. the scenes? You know, what's really happening here. And he always encouraged critical thought from the time that I was really, really, really little. Um, even to the point he tells this story of when I was really little, he was doing some electrical work, um, Mm -hmm. in our house, just like, he was kind of crafty, handy guy. He's whatever. Um, and he was doing electrical work and he was trying to put together this like socket and he's like, I can't make it work. And he's getting really frustrated. And I like, I don't know, I was maybe four or five, six at the time. And I like pick up the diagram and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the socket and I'm like, dad, you have this wire on the wrong spot. And he's (sighs) like, I'll be damned, she's right. <laughs> and so like, yeah, so Yay, you. This, <laughs> yeah. So he tells that story. He tells so many funny stories, but um, but stuff like that, in that he his whole thing of questioning, right? Even when I was really little, he would tell me like not to touch the TV, right? I was really little. So we're talking like toddler level. Mm-hmm. Don't touch the TV. And I would look at him and like touch underneath the TV. So <gasps> can I touch the TV stand? <laughs> and he wouldn't say anything. And then I'd lift my hand up and I'd put it like on the side of the TV be like, no. And I'd be like, okay, so I can't touch there. And he said, my favorite part was watching your little brain, like try to process like, okay, what can I really not touch? And what is the point of this? And why does it matter?
0: Yeah. And so
1: like he, like I said, my, my dad in particular has always encouraged critical thought, always encouraged, like, why do you think the way you think? Why do you feel the way you feel? I want to know how you feel. I want to know, like, you know, what's going on.
0: How brilliant is that? Let me just say how brilliant that is as a father to teach his daughter to question a male.
1: Mm -hmm. Brilliant all the time. Oh my gosh. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is interesting because my, my mom, it's so great. My parents are great. Huge kudos to my parents, um, especially when I was little. Right. Uh So my mom has always been this really loving, um, affectionate force in my, in my life and has always been, you know, um, really kind of, my family was very affectionate, very like snuggly, very said, I love you all the time. I'm proud of you. You're beautiful. You know, all these things that like, you hope for kids, right? Yeah. Um of course now they say don't say it too much cuz you know then they get fooled themselves. <laughs> so anyway, so um, I'm I'm also an only child. So there's that Oh too. my gosh. So that kind of plays into it too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. trouble right there. Anyway, so um so anyway, so it's been great because my 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 parents both and my mom less so on the questioning but more on the fact that she's like I just am not like that, but I'm I don't Discourage you from doing that. Like mm-hmm. that's just not, you know. I she has issues with um with particularly male authority figures. There's a whole history there, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So so it was really interesting, kind of growing up from that perspective of um of question everything. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so this this plays out right. So question. Mm-hmm. Everything. So um so I I started to kind of become a teenager, right? And I started to to realize I was I was doing all the things right as a Christian kid you're not supposed to do I was smoking I was drinking I was having premarital sex oh god Uh -uh. kind of thing (laughs) um and and I at the time had a very black and white mentality of everything right I think most of us do when we're younger yeah so very black and white and so I said I can't handle watching all my friends who were getting up to all sorts of shenanigans be like, I'm a Christian and go off and get baptized the following weekend. Mm -hmm. And like, to me, that was like the ultimate hypocrisy. Like, how could you kind of thing? Mm -hmm. When I was about 17, I said, I don't think I can call myself a a full committed Christian if I'm going to be doing this. And let's be honest, I'm not going to stop doing this right now. Like I'm 17. I'm a teenager. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And so for now, I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to go off and do my thing. And when I'm ready to like really commit and I'm ready to re-examine my faith and re-examine kind of where all of this leads me, then, then I will consider coming back. That sort of led to a journey of exploration of all sorts of things. Um, and I had a friend uh, when I was in high school. I, I had always, um, I'd always been kind of boy crazy but I had always appreciated the, the female form, right. The aesthetics of a, of a woman. So like, I, I really appreciate, uh, appreciated women. So when I was in high school, I had, um, a good friend and she was a lesbian and we had lovely conversations. And I said, I gotta be honest, like, I don't really know. Like, I'm not opposed to the idea of being with a woman, but I am uh, but I tend to lean more towards men. I don't know. And so we explored that experience mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and I determined, I'm not anti. I'm also not necessarily like, woo, yeah, chicks. <laughs> I was kind of like, kind of somewhere in the middle. I was like, all right, exactly. So I kind of just, you know, rolled on with it and I was like, all right. So lived my life sort of thing. And as I got older, I kind of um, got into the the business world and got involved in a whole bunch of different things. And to me, I saw the LGBT plus community as sort of the last bastion of discriminatory practices so that people were still really discriminatory towards that community. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of always took it on myself, even though I didn't necessarily label myself in any direction, right? Um, I, I never really considered myself straight, so, you know, but, um, but in that sense, I always kind of thought there's something wrong here and I'm all about civil rights. I'm all about human rights in general. So whether it's women's rights, whether it's LGBT plus community rights, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, the black community rights, like I'm all about rights. I'm all about people having equality and equity, Mm -hmm. um, and inclusion, Mm-hmm. And so when I, um, when I started to work in, so I, I moved to Connecticut, um, I, I was with my now uh, husband, and I started to work with a small IT company, and I was introduced to networking. Um, I was also in a sorority in college, uh, which was interesting. There was some level of like, questionable homophobia that sort of existed back then in the vibes of a sorority um but it i will say they have come light years i just went mm-hmm. to convention i'm actually their advisor um at my at my chapter and uh and i just went to our convention in florida this year and they have come literal light years not literal wow. obviously figurative light years yes yes um to to be able to improve that situation and the inclusion and the equity that's all involved um, it's absolutely amazing the way that they've also taken on not only the LGBT plus community, but they've also gone um, after the, the recent kind of perspective of everything in 2020 with George Floyd, mm-hmm. um, they have taken on a full diversity, equity, inclusion committee. They are super committed to like moving forward in the right direction, which is great. Really, wonderful, wonderful. It really is, yeah. And the school has done a similar thing. So the school I went to to school at has done some similar work. They have diversity and equity inclusion kind of focus, which is really great. So anyway, so when I started working for the small IT company, um, the job that I was hired to do was sort of this like... um, you know, uh, office manager slash customer service slash sales slash engagement <laughs> manager because really small company, like owned by like a guy and his brother. And like, they hadn't even had someone in this position before. So it was like, Hey, do you want to be the face of the company and go out? And I was like, well, what do I have to do? And they were like, smile. And I was like, I can do that. I was in a sorority. I know how to recruit people. Yeah. So like, so I, I, literally started. started Okay. So I started networking for this IT company and, um, we care computers. If anyone is in Connecticut, the greater Hartford area. Um, and they're still lovely. I'm Mm -hmm. still, still consider the owner. My, one of my best mentors, a great friend, he's a phenomenal human. So that's always awesome. So I started doing networking for them. And I started going out to networking events and kind of being the face of the company and me being my personality, right? My commercial was like, I would, I would take a, you know, the few, few seconds it took to walk to the front of the room and I'd stand there and I'd go, (laughs) and everyone would like wake up, right? This is at a 7.30 in the morning meeting usually. So people are like, holy crap. And (laughs) I'm like, do you ever feel like that with your computer? Call us. Talk to you soon. And then go sit back down. Oh my gosh, that's great. So so yeah, so that was like one of my like big ones, right? So anyway, so in my networking experience, I stumbled upon um, what was Cabo at the time. And it was the, um, basically the Connecticut uh, LGBT Chamber of Commerce. So I stumbled on it. And that is in fact, where I met Jen Grace, uh, who was Jen Trace (laughs) at the time. Um, And she was the executive director um and hugely involved and up to her eyeballs in all of it and feeling totally overwhelmed I'm sure but she's again a force of nature so yeah. being overwhelmed is like her natural state so it's fine and um and so she said hey you you should you should like get on the board and I was like what do I have to do for the board and she was like you should get on the board. I don't know. Join in. Cause you're a great ally. And I think you're going to be phenomenal here. And you're just such like a fresh energy and like, you really bring a lot to the table. And I was like, Oh, flattery. We'll get you everywhere. Okay. Right. <laughs> <join>. so, <laughs> so I joined the board and then um, I got uh, sort of appointed to membership. Um, Cause again, I'm me. And so I, I would be out at like other networking events and I would meet people And I would kind of, you know, assess the vibe. Right. And I'm like, okay. And then I would mention them and I'd be like, you should join the gay and lesbian chamber of commerce of Connecticut. And everyone would look at me like, wait, are you, are you gay? Are you not gay? Are you, I can't get a read. I don't know uh-huh. what Gadar is not is. working. Gadar is not <laughs> working. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, I'm I'm married to a dude. So like yeah, man. like no, I guess I, I'm an ally pretty much, yeah. And so I kind of saw myself as like straight ish right because I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna like, I don't I don't need a box right now. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I can stay out of the box. So anywho. So uh, I ended up bringing a couple members, being a great member of the board. Um, loved the experience. I loved getting kind of involved in all sorts of fun stuff. Pink drink club, Anthony Cervoni, lovely, <laughs> lovely experience. In fact, shout out to Anthony Cervoni, who was, um, my insurance agent who now lives down in Florida, but, uh, he was our insurance agent and he is actually the reason that Tim and I got married when we got married. Oh, wow. My husband. Yeah. So hilarious. That's a funny story, but anyway, um, so sort of, my my dad speaking of um i had i don't need to go into the whole backstory there but so wonderful dad right from when i was little right Mm -hmm. and then we hit a point where he had like a full-on breakdown Mm. like full-on like like so depressed couldn't get out of bed level breakdown right Mm. so related to a whole lot of things but i think a lot of it was related to the fact that he knew that he didn't want to be married to my mom anymore Mm. but he was raised and taught and believed that you had to stay married no matter what. Yeah. So he was horribly unhappy and that that's just part of it. Of course, there's a whole lot of, he's been diagnosed with PTSD since then. So, you know, there's a lot of upbringing trauma, et cetera, whatever. So, um, he sort of disappeared for a while, like mentally, um, just was just gone. Um, he was still physically there, but he was mentally not there. Okay. And so, well, as he kind of started to come back, I was a teenager at this point and fig- figuring out how to react as a, as a parent, right? From that time that you were able to have these really in-depth conversations with your kid and, you know, you want to be a massage therapist? Great, why don't you give me a report on it to find out why you want to do this? And then, you know, I no longer want to be a massage therapist. You want to be a vet? Great, give me a report on how you want to be a vet. I no longer want to be a vet anymore. Yeah. Anyway, so, so going from that, to kind of this perspective of now she's a teenager she doesn't always want to be around you know parents she doesn't always want to be in the situation i was ragingly mad like angry at him for a lot of that kind of the the depression a lot of choices that he made in the depression a lot of you know that kind of stuff i was really angry and he was just kind of sad puppy dog and didn't know how to handle my anger and didn't mm-hmm. know how to get back involved in my life in a constructive way And so he just kind of abandoned the situation. He was, Mm. again, physically there, but not emotionally, Mm -hmm. you know, supportive, mentally present, any of that. He just Mm. kind of was like, I don't know how to even do this without, you know, destroying my own mental health. Mm. So whatever. So I was all sorts of mad at him for years and years and years. I still get annoyed sometimes, but, you know, whatever. So... Um, in that, um, there are the very few times that we talk, right? We don't talk very often. We still don't talk very often. We text occasionally. Um, we both have had conversations about both sides of this. Um, he still said puppy dog about it. But um, it's, you know, I now being a parent have a little more um, empathy of the for the situation of being able to say, like, I can understand how you got stuck. Yeah, how you got stuck in this situation, and how you couldn't figure out how to get back involved in my life. But one of the things that he asked me when I started getting super involved in the community, right, the LGBT plus community, and I was like, yeah, rah, rah gay rights, pride, flags, rainbows, woo, kind of thing. <laughs> and he was like, and and he would say to me, he would be like, well, so it starts with when he went through when he came out of his depression, he had a he had a, a voice a message on his answering machine that said hi you've reached Lincoln Reed I'm probably out in the garden right now leave a message and I'll get back to you when I hit a chance so- and I was like dad are you gay and he was like <laughs> he was like no Jesse I'm not gay and I was like it's cool if you are I'm just curious like that's not the stereotypical like hetero dude answering machine yeah. message yeah like yeah not that he's ever been the stereotypical hetero dude but like yeah. you sure you're not gay I don't I don't know so so anyway no Jesse, I'm not, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, so flash forward, right? When I'm like all rainbows and pride and he's like, "So why are you so involved in this community? Like why are you carrying this torch? Like why are what are 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 you gay?" <laughs> and I'm like I'm like, "No, dad, I'm not gay." Like I I mean, I'm like not straight, but I'm not like gay. Like I'm not like, "Whoa, gay." I'm not like chicks Rah. Like I'm oh, somewhere in the middle, but like No, I just think it's the last bastion of acceptable discrimination. Mm -hmm. I think our society accepts LGBTQ discrimination so much more readily than they accept any other form. Come to find out, that was a whole lot of white privilege uh, Mm -hmm. speaking there because I had... I was blind, right? Again, white privilege, blind to the privilege that I had, blind to the experiences that I was not experiencing Mm -hmm. um, from that perspective. And so certainly that is a a not an accurate statement uh, at all, but that was what I felt at the time. Yeah. So, so I got super involved and um, I still, it's interesting. I had my kids and uh, my first, my, my son was born And we actually would take him, um, I took him to one of the conventions that we did, right? I I was hugely involved in the planning of our our conventions that we did for the local um, chamber. I brought him and I was by myself because my husband was working. And so I had my baby in my stroller, right? And I had not like, not just one woman come up to me, but a couple of people come up to me and go, you're so brave like good for you really, you know, doing it, getting out there, having a kid, you know, as we, as, as lesbians really have to. And in that moment, it's funny because I sat there and I was like, do I bother coming out? Like, I don't like, I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you explain this one? Like, actually not, like this is from a dude. Like I am married to a dude still currently married to a dude but <laughs> I value your opinion so much and thank you for giving me that that kudos I really appreciate it although it's not entirely warranted thank you <laughs> God, I just avoided the whole topic I just like I'm not coming out in this situation this is not like I'm just like I'm not gonna come out as street right now it's cool I'm just, <laughs> just gonna roll with it it's fine thank you I'm embarrassed and to be along. seen as straight I'm just so embarrassed <laughs> yeah and it, it was a good it was a good chuckle with like all of my friends in the in the community and i was like guys like no i will never say i understand your plight but that was a hilarious scenario for me because i you know i'm like what i don't feel safe to be straight (laughs) (laughs) very funny so so yeah so that that was the situation and then kind of as we've sort of expanded the definitions, right, of of the community and of these multitude of boxes that everyone has,
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I, uh, I kind of sat there and I, Jen, in, fa- in fact, it's Jen, actually, Jen and I sat there and I had this conversation with her and I was like, Jen, I, th- I think I might be bi. And she was like, you sure you're not pan? And I was like, what's pan? And she was like, well, it's not so much the gender as the person. And I was like, oh, that. That sounds like me. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. That's me. I'm that. We can put me in that box. Cool. <laughs> I'm not ready to be in a box. It's <laughs> I, I, Whatever. I, I'm in a box. I don't know. So, so yeah. So I consider myself pan now. Yeah. But, you know, obviously I present straight. I'm married to a dude. I got kids with a dude. Like, yeah. you know, I live in a house with a dude. So, yeah. you know, there's that. But all of my friends, it was hilarious because we went out um, on on Sunday afternoon, and uh, I was the only like with a dude human there, and uh, the dude was not there. So it was very funny because I, you know, I frequently don't go out with him, and so it's like it's one of those things. I'm like sitting at the table with the lesbians, and we've all <laughs> known each other for years, and I'm like, you guys, this is hilarious, <laughs> and like our our waiter was like adorable. And hilariously, my friend who was sitting next to me, uh, who is married to a woman and they have kids together, she leans over and she goes, get a load of that guy, huh? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, oh, he's cute with his little dimple and his curls. And she's like, whoo. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, he's cute. He's cute. But I'm like, the lesbian's the one over here mentioning it. Like, (laughs) he's so handsome. (laughs) really they're looking out for you
0: right if anything is ever to happen they're looking out for you
1: (laughs) it's so funny but anyway so so yeah so it's been really interesting and and interestingly um with the podcast right is Mm -hmm. that kind of being able to delve into all of these different topics and and ben is a gay pastor for anyone who's listening uh he's a gay pastor and when i was starting to look for a church right i was um uh, Tim and I were living together and I kind of was saying like okay I think I might be ready to at least investigate the faith-based world Mm -hmm. right and I I so I started church shopping and initially Tim came with me um and I think he he's not as big into it as I am as far as he's concerned uh it could be a tiny pink elephant in the sky he doesn't he's he's like listen I think there's something but I'm not I don't know what Mm -hmm. okay fair enough so he got disheartened very quickly by our church shopping because, as you can imagine, I'm sure most people know, mm-hmm. you go, you know, you do your research, and now that we have websites and stuff, you can go on the websites and you look up the church, and you're like, okay, and here's their website, and they say we we're open to all, right? We welcome all, and you're like, oh, they welcome all, great, huzzah, right? And so you go on that, you plan for the Sunday morning, and you go on the Sunday morning, and you go in, and you're reasonably uh, attired clothing so you fit in or better to dress up than be the only one in jeans so okay so go in within like I don't know three minutes mm-hmm. I can usually tell this is not the chart for me yeah right somebody says something and I'm like oh guys yeah. really yeah you said you were open to all you said you were welcoming you said you come as you are all these mm-hmm. phrases right that, yeah. that come out that are on the billboards that are yep. the things and yep. you even see things with like rainbow flags on them and you're like there's a rainbow they gotta be cool right yeah they're not they're no. not no nope. no so i was i was real disappointed and like i got a little disheartened and i i really i still firmly believe that churches should do speed dating um because they should do like speed church shopping right like you should get like within a 30 mile radius like all the local churches and plop them down in some auditorium somewhere so that anyone who is interested in a faith community can come and be like i did want to check out these 10 churches and so they go and they have their little 30 second interview with the pastor and they're like all right so do you support gay people well we like it. gay people are welcome no no that's not what i said no, no, no. i said do you support them can they play roles in your church do you allow them to serve are they involved in your youth ministries like where do you stand on this stuff also does your music have drums because that's really important <laughs> to me so <laughs> it's legit
0: that's jesus <laughs> likes drums people
1: jesus likes <laughs> drums people come on So. So legit, this is like, yeah. So I wanted, I wished that that was a thing right now. Now I should probably just create it. But anyway, so at the time I was like, man, why doesn't this already exist? So I started like, kept looking and I was really disheartened. I was like, oh, I had gotten this card in the mail that, that said it was very like kid focused and it was very family focused. And it was like, they had a whole kid service thing. And I was like, I was like, I don't know about this. And they said they were pro-gay and like I was like yeah but are you kind of thing after having this Mm -hmm. so many experiences that I had. I was like ah, I don't know. So come to find out they were actually a client of my company. (sighs) So they used our tech services. So the children's pastor came in one day to drop off her laptop for it to be serviced. And I had a conversation with her and she was a lesbian woman, married to a woman with, I think at the time she only had two kids, but they were adopted. And I was like, okay, hang on. So this is a church that is, that is walking the talk. Like they said this and they're doing it. And she's yeah. a pastor and she's a children's pastor. This is great. Right. So I'm, so I'm like, okay, I think this might be it. i go to find them i go to go to a prep myself sunday church service i go to this go to go i can't figure out where the g fox building is i can't figure that at the time they they had their services in the g fox building i can't figure out where it is i don't know where to park i can't even i'm lost completely lost and eventually i gave up and i went home so i was like whatever so then um maybe yeah so that was like previous to meeting jen so then i met jen so you know the pastor church Whatever, uh uh youth pastor. And I was so impressed that I was like, All right, that's it. Give me the information. Where are you? Like, what and I got it from her directly. So I emailed her and I was like, I've been looking for a church. Here's the situation. What do I do? And she was like, Okay, give me the whole rundown. So the next time I went to go, I knew exactly where to park, I knew exactly where to go in, and I went in. And I was so impressed. They had Jesus rock. There was Jesus loves drums. There was drums. There was music. There was kids' service. There was grown up service. I, they were speaking my language. Everything mm. like pro LGBT community. I was like, all right, I see you, okay, <laughs> kind of thing. So, so I'm not running so for the leader. door. Yeah, so it's okay. So it's still very, like, white church, but in the middle of Hartford with a goal of, like, racial diversity and a goal of social justice. So I was like, okay, all right, cool, 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 cool. So I went probably maybe two more times by myself, because Tim was, like, from this, like, listen, just tell me when you find one you like, and I'll go. (laughs) It's like, okay, so you, you do the legwork. So, I'll show so, up at the end.
0: Pretty much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, cause again, he was just like, I'm here for the ride. I, I right, want right. to support you kind of thing. Nice. So Okay. So, so I found them and, and I, I go and I attend and I tell them and I'm like, babe, I think this is it. I think this is the one. It might be the one. And he's like, okay, I'll go. Cool. We'll go. It's fine. So we go. And he's like, not bad, not bad. And I'm like, no, it's amazing. What do you mean, not bad? What do you mean not bad. This is great. Like they're speaking my language. There's Jesus Rock. Like, I'm down. Like, let's do this. So whatever. Fast forward. I joined the church and uh, and we joined like together uh, you know, as a as a couple initially. Um, and then we kind of, so the church started in Hartford, then it moved to Glastonbury and we were at the Glastonbury Community Center for a while, which was lovely, but it was out of the city. And sort of one mm-hmm. of our goals has always been to be in the city and to be involved and to be open and, you know, try to encourage diversity, not just, you know, of the LGBTQ community, but also of racial uh, diversity as well. Right. Um, we fail miserably at it because we're a bunch of like gay white people. So like, there's that. <laughs> But like, you know, it's pfft, whatever we try. That was kind of the thing. So we were in Glastonbury for a while. It was great, a great experience. And I had my son at that time. And the pastor um, of the church was lovely. Her name was Nancy Butler. Um, if, if you Google her, she's a phenomenal human. And she has since passed. Oh. Um, she, yeah, she was diagnosed with ALS. Mm. Um, and it progressed pretty quickly. It was within, I want to say it was within a year and a half, two years um, that from diagnosis to her passing um, and so she she had some wonderful uh, services that I think you can still find online actually okay. about you know the clobber passages right in uh-huh. the bible where they use those those big passages and yeah. Romans and and uh, uh, Leviticus and all these like really big passages that are supposedly these anti-gay passages right right and one of my favorite things about Nancy was the way that she would take those passages and then do the 3,000-foot view, right? Yeah. She would she would kind of look at it from, okay, but you need to understand, what's the context? What's the surrounding historical uh, situation? Who is writing this? Like, yep. who is the one who wrote this book? Are these letters? If they're letters, who were they written to? And in right. what context were they written? So it was all about this concept of like, no, no, there's more here, guys. We can't just take this at face value. Like, right. this, this is... Right. This is way more intense than that. And also her rule was the two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. That was it, guys. So yep. if you come down on any other side of that, you're doing it wrong. Awesome. So yeah. So that was like every time I I'm like, oh, so beautiful. I love it. <laughs> so right. so I'm always like so impressed with her. And so um, so she had one all of these wonderful things. So my son was born and And she, she being her, sent me this lovely, um, lovely quilt that had his name uh, embroidered on it, his whole name. And they, they came up with like this whole uh, team of people who came to visit and would bring food and help out and all of this wonderful stuff that, you know, that you hope the community will do in those situations. Mm -hmm. Right. And she sent me this, um she loved lions lions were her absolute favorite um, animal and so she sent me this really adorable outfit for Killian that was this like pajama set with like lions on it and then a lion hat and then lion socks (laughs) and he looked utterly ridiculous but it was hilarious yeah so so Nancy so it was wonderful and um and she was a huge force of nature and eventually right part of it was that she was a raging control freak and she was the first one who would tell you when she got diagnosed with ALS that she felt like it was God being like, Nope, you're doing too much. Take a step back. Let Uh some other people be involved. Let some other people teach. Let some other people lead. Let Mm -hmm. other people be part of this and and learn to take over from you because Mm -hmm. you can't do this forever. Mm -hmm. And so as she started to kind of be unable to kind of do more and speak as much, um, Colin McEnroe got involved. And so he, he would start kind of doing stuff with that. Um, but he gave her like last sermon for her, uh, like read it to us. It was really great. Aww. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was, be- it was a beautiful story. So, Aww. so what, yeah. So what happened is that um, three pastors took over and Ben happened to be one of them, Jen, the youth pastor that I was talking about. And then Liza, uh, Nancy's daughter actually also took over wow. um, and she, yeah. So the three of them sort of took up her mantle and kind of ran with it. And one of my favorite things about that time in our history was that everyone has such a very different preaching style mm-hmm. and like very different kind of styles. And so Liza had that very academic kind of like, You know what's the what's the context what's the this you know where are we coming from who's saying this and ben is the you know the intense and kind of like in your face (laughs) but like all about the you know the feeling that's involved and the all of these pieces and pulls and all this stuff and so you get very different perspectives
0: so now
1: yeah it's fantastic and then and jen handled all the kids stuff so now our church is kind of moving in a different direction um, Jen has found a fantastic teaching job now so she's actually uh, stepped out of the limelight for youth pastors and Liza has found now she's got another uh, uh, pastoral job uh, pers- uh, stuff and so Ben is a co-pastor and now we have um, Pastor Mike and so we have a couple of, of different kind of perspectives but we've always had a different we had like a preaching committee kind of preaching mm. team so there's always a bunch of different people who kind of preach and you always have your favorites and then you're ones that are like I mean, I respect you as a human, but like, I can't, I don't know what you're saying. Like, it's so, there's one that like, so cerebral. I love him so much, but his, his messages are always like way in the ether. And I'm like, I don't consider myself unintelligent, but you lost me, my man. Like I'm, Uh I'm, I'm out in left field on this one (laughs) kind of thing. But anyway, so the interesting component here is that that church, Riverfront Family Church is the first church that I ever found that was actually open and affirming that yep. actually seeks out to be social, focus on social justice yep. that actually is involved in all sorts of social justice um you know uh movements and activities and actual change and and actually lets everyone serve and encourages everyone to serve and sort of um the perspective that i was a i was a youth leader for a while and um our, our kids, our teenagers come from so many different backgrounds that like some of them are polytheist, some of them are monotheists, some of them are agnostic, some of them are atheists, some of them are all over the place. And we can still have these conversations of saying like, all right, listen, so here's what here's what our church thinks, right? Cool. Here's what the Bible says. But there's lots of other people who think lots of different things. And there's so many other faith traditions that we pull into our belief system in our church and Riverfront that we reuse kind of all of this stuff that we have, you know, bits and pieces of Islam. We have bits and pieces of, of Judaism. We have bits and pieces mm-hmm. of Hinduism. We have, you know, all of this different um, nature, Wiccan, paganism, kind of these pieces that are just respected and pulled together. And so that's kind of what our podcast is, right? Is this perspective mm-hmm. of like, yes, Ben is a pastor. But I always get nervous when I hear someone say biblical anything. So if you listen to, <laughs> if anyone listens to the first episode, I talk about that, about how like I get sketched out when I hear someone say it's based off of biblical, blah. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> here we go. And think, yeah. So like, especially around my kids, because yeah. I'm very much like, you know, all right, I guess I need to pause this and like, let's, let's unpack this and let's right, examine right. like, Right. What's actually happening, that kind of thing. So that my kids know that, yes, this is what I believe, I think. This is what our church believes, but there are so many other faith systems and it doesn't mean that you need to believe in any one, but you should always question. You should always educate yourself. You should always find the answers and never think that you're done finding the answers. Never think that you found the answer because there isn't just one answer. There's so many out there.
0: Yeah. I heard one time that somebody said, the bible still is being written because god is never done you know until yeah. until the earth comes to an end however that's going to happen you know we are yeah. evolving and i think that god loves diversity and we can see that in creation because god loves diversity we are a diverse people And some of us just haven't figured out how do we embrace the diversity in everybody. And I always wonder, you know, because I I do have a friend who's Jewish and they believe that that Jesus has not come yet, but Jesus will be coming to bring heaven to earth once we figure it out. Because yeah. heaven will
1: not come to a nasty earth. <laughs> I'm
0: like, wow. Well, so we got a yeah. Lot of so work they to do. <laughs> they do
1: think Jesus they do think Jesus happened, but that Jesus yes. wasn't the Messiah. Correct. Is that so? That yeah. Component? Yeah. So he
0: hasn't come as far as the Messiah Jesus, and so or the yeah. Messiah. And if that's true, then we have a lot of work to do. Because my grandfather, Hellfire and Brimstone oh um, Pastor Noble, decided that Jesus was coming like today back in the day. And my mama was afraid she wouldn't give birth to my brother because Jesus was coming and she would be pregnant for all eternity. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was <laughs> terrible. Her scared to death, scared to death that Jesus was coming and she wasn't, you know, done giving birth. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that we've really, we've really put everything in a box. This is the Bible box and we can't explore it. We can't open it. We just have to take it as is. And we've, we've ruined a whole lot of people because those affirming churches are really Mm -hmm. are not the welcoming churches are y'all come in so we can pray for you because you're sinners? So yes, you're welcome to come in because we're evangelizing. We're going to pray for you. And I go, whoa,
1: all the woolies. How how yeah. many times did I hear growing up, love the sinner, not the sin? Like oh, what that. a cop out. Like, oh, right? It's if I if ever there was a cop out, like yes. that's the one, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, just because you feel icky about it, we're gonna we're gonna pray for you. Like we love yeah. you. Yeah, we do just not who yeah. you are. What? Yeah, that that's is, not how this works. That's not at all how this
0: works. <laughs> like, I love the fact. I love the fact that you have come full circle in your own discovery of you that you're not in a box either and that you're open enough to love period and and i I love how jen put that for you and was able to frame that that it's not the sex it's the person and wouldn't it be nice if we could all just grow up that way and not have to go through the hell we go through trying to figure out how to fit in the world and be accepted
1: And that's a lot of what, you know, what I do with my kids, right? Is this Mm -hmm. taking out that, you know, so many people are like, oh, is that your girlfriend? Is that your boy? No, stop. First off, don't sexualize kids when they're little. Right. That's right. Sorry. But. Two, like, it doesn't mean you even need to bring up like I never say, Oh, are you interested in girl like, are you interested? Oh, is that girl who you like? No, it's like, listen, if you're into girls, cool. If you're into dudes, cool. If you're into people who aren't sure what they have that like, cool. If you're into people who haven't decided who they are, that's cool, too. Like, listen, do you like, mm-hmm. whatever, both of my kids have informed me, they're never getting married and never having children. So, you know, see
0: how that plays out. Let's we'll but- see
1: how it plays out. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. I was
0: growing up, lots I love time them. to
1: decide on what they're That's doing. That's right.
0: Lots of time. And when I was young, I, I loved the Waltons. And so I was gonna have a big farmhouse and I was gonna have all those kids, you know, 12 kids. And then I found out how hey, you had kids. And I'm like, mm, no. Okay, maybe six. <laughs> Shorten that table. And then I'm like. A little bit later, it's like, mm, no, no,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> Adoption's good. Let's,
0: let's look at adoption.
1: <laughs> My daughter is seven and already says, I don't want to be pregnant. I'm good with yeah. adoption. I will adopt. That's that's what I want. That's, and I'm like, dude, I get it. Like, I, I get it. Like, yeah. I, I can't argue with you. You know, we have the two. And, and I thought, you know, we initially our plan was, okay, we'll have two at least and three max. And uh, we hit two, and I was like, "Nope, we done. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like they've been there, done that. Don't mental, have to prove it." <laughs> I was like, "My mental, emotional, socio capacity is just not at the level that we can do another kid. It's just not going to happen. Like I love them, but no. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. need to love another one. Okay,
0: good to go. No, we good. You, I'll you foster I'll... animals. That's that's a higher yeah. calling anyway,
1: right? Foster those animals." <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, we, we love doing that. That's, yes, that's yes. good. And, you know, I, I've had lots of animals, lots of, lots of cats. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A crazy cat go. lady. I'm all about it. Yeah. Good. No Oh more my
0: gosh. You know, I could probably talk to you for another four hours. I love you. I just love your energy. <laughs> I love, I love the essence of you and all that you bring to the table and the joy that you put in the world. And I love the fact that you've been able to open your heart to you. And say, this Mm -hmm. is, this is where I'm at. And this is who I am. And that you're teaching the next generation of your children to be loving and affirming and to love. And I'm so proud of you for, for doing that. And for having, having little humans in the world that, uh, that can grow up to be better than some of the people that are. here yeah.
1: <laughs> My, you know, it's, it's funny, Ben just gave a sermon on uh, there are no circles and there are no lines. Mm. You know, if you, you know, they, God told us to love. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't say like caveat, uh, love, but only if they believe the same things you do. Right. Love, but only if they're politia, politico socio socioeconomically similar to you. Yeah. love. And so we, a lot of us were like struggling hardcore with that message because like, we love, and we love a lot of people, probably a lot more than a lot of other people, mm-hmm. but like, it's real hard to mm. love the people who are like purposely choosing to harm other people. I know. I know. And it's, it's one of those kind of like fights in my head where I'm like, okay, but just like when the children were babies and like meaty potatoes, you loved them. You did, didn't always like them. Right. So you can still do that with other people. You love them. It doesn't mean you have to like them. Well, and I, I've tried to train
0: my brain to say that I, I know that the light of Jesus is in you even though you're not showing it right now. (laughs) I don't say this out loud because that's very divisive in your head. That's in my head. Yeah. I know that there's exactly that we share the same light in creation of each other, but, um, I don't have to like your brutality. I don't have to accept your brutality. I don't have to be around your brutality. You know, I can, I can pray from over here that your light finds the way
1: to the day yep. and I <laughs> and I can make my my safe mental health That's right
0: absolutely because you know it, there's no we don't have to be martyrs we don't have to stand no. in the shit and think
1: that that that's where we belong we don't it's it's funny too because in a lot of in a lot of circumstances from my perspective right I I have a lot of privilege I have an mm-hmm. unbelievable amount of privilege to have a supportive family to be a uh, white A woman in a, in a pretty liberal state. um, And, you know, from that perspective, I have a lot of privilege and, and I present straight. So, you know, again, Mm -hmm. a lot of privilege. So I, I I do tend to kind of take that fight up more than, um, Mm -hmm. than I would expect a lot of other people to, because from my perspective, like I have the ability to remove myself from that conversation and still Mm -hmm. be okay. Mm -hmm. But you don't. And so yeah. I need to like get in front of the people who these people are are talking about and be like, no, listen, like, that's not okay. Yeah. You know, I can still choose to love you, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you're right.
0: Well, thank you so very much for being on the show today. Thank I you. really, really love that you came and I appreciate you very, very much. And your, your message thank of you. love is, is well received. And I think we've all been. We're a little lighter now because you've been here tonight. Just a little lighter. (laughs) So thank you.
1: Thank you, you, Mitch. I appreciate so much the opportunity to be on here. And if anyone is interested, definitely check out changingthesheets.com. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple podcasts. We're on a whole bunch of different Google, whatever, all the things that you can find podcasts on pretty much we're on. Um, awesome. So check it out. And uh, and thank you, Midge, again for, for having You're welcome. me. I really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. And I will have all those links to connect with you on the podcast show page and p- folks can find that at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. And guys, if you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with God, if you are authentically LGBTQIA+, then God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. So thank you, everybody. See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the gay with God community. And remember that the Facebook group gay with God is available to you. And I've recently started the monthly faith journey zoom group, and we're having lots of fun there. So drop in and see what you think. And if you need a little coaching support to get you through your coming out faith journey story, go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom and see how you can connect with me. So love you, everybody. Take. Take care (laughs) about stumbled on that one. Take care and we'll see you next week. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4,
1: a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.